The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. You're listening to On the Right Road. Get ready to experience extraordinary real-life inspiration and discover valuable tools to help kids find and travel the right road in school and in life. And now, here's your award-winning host, author, singer-songwriter, producer, humanitarian, and founder of Right Road Kids. It's Paula Phillips. Right Road! Hello, everybody, and welcome to On the Right Road. I'm your host, Paula Phillips, and as always, I've got something good and positive and wonderful to say and share with you all this evening. Welcome to October. Can you believe it's October already? Oh, my goodness. Yesterday, actually, October 1st, was a huge Right Road day. As a lot of you know, we launched the Right Road Take 5 video series, and what that means is that Right Road lessons will now be available and accessible to all teachers, parents and schools around the world at the click of a button and each episode is like really short less than five minutes and in each one I show teachers and parents how to easily teach one of the right road self-esteem and character lessons to their students and kids so we'll be releasing a new episode on the first of each month and the first one came out yesterday yay so if you haven't already you can check that out at our on our website you can just go to right road kids dot org and there's a cool little right road take five TV button right at the top, like a little video icon button. Just click that. It's a little blue TV screen at the top. If you click that, it'll bring you right through to the actual YouTube screen right there. And it would mean so much if you want to click through to actually YouTube, give a quick comment, thumbs up, and share it. It would mean so much if you would do that. And you can also subscribe to that YouTube channel so you'll get alerts every time we have a new video. Of course, all of it's for free. And you guys have all been asking me how to get the right Road lessons and now they're going to be available to all of you for free. I'm so excited and thankful and I hope they'll be a huge blessing for you and all the kids in your life. So yay! Speaking of October, what a month. It's Breast Cancer Awareness Month. It's ADD and ADHD Awareness Month. And it's National Bullying Prevention Month. And I prefer to call it Kindness Month. And I actually prefer prefer to call every day Kindness Day. And this is on my heart more than anything. As I think a lot of you know, um, During the 1992 Los Angeles riots, I was threatened by a young teenage boy, and oh my gosh, it's it's hard to put into words, but my life was forever changed after that happened. And you know, it's interesting because of course I never wanted that to happen. Nobody ever wants tragedy to happen in their life. But I, looking back and looking at all that's happened since then, I don't regret it because it, it, 
it's what was the impetus, the catalyst for me to start Right Road Kids. And I've, you know, worked with hundreds of thousands of kids around the country. We now have this wonderful radio program on the Right Road, Right Road Take 5. I mean, all these amazing things. So I don't regret it, but it's something that's with me forever that just something happens to you when you're threatened. It changes you inside. And the fact that the this lack of kindness is what I'm going to call it tonight, happens so often and on such large scales in our world, it's just not okay. I mean, a few days ago, there, there was another school shooting in South Carolina, and I just found out that that six-year-old boy passed away. I mean, it's just crazy. It's not okay. And so tonight, I just really want to address making sure that we help our kids choose kindness and one of my amazing guests this evening her story of choosing hope and kindness even in the midst of tragedy is just absolutely inspiring and amazing so again tonight's whole focus is going to be on helping our kids choose kindness choosing the right road now I have two amazing guests this evening so I'm going to forego my on the right road teacher listener shout outs tonight I really want to give my guests as much time as possible to share with you all and I know that you'll appreciate that so much but you guys never fear <laughs> you know I just can't go through a show without doing the on the right road giveaways so we're going to have those tonight and one of them is going to be one of our super giveaways where there will literally be tons in this case more than 50 recipients on just one giveaway so I'm so excited welcome to you all this evening as always I'm so glad you're all here with me every single one of you Again, everything about tonight's going to be about hope and kindness, and I'd like to kick off tonight with some awesome kindness and our first On the Right Road kindness giveaway. So it's open to all teachers in the U.S. listening to On the Right Road right now. First of all, as I always like to clarify, make sure we're going to post all of our giveaways tonight on our Right Road Kids Facebook page, so make sure you have that up and ready. And in addition to the simple offer guidelines that are going to be in each of the offer giveaway posts on Facebook, make sure that you also type in the code word listening. That's the code word. It's only open to everybody who's listening to On the Right Road tonight. So however many uh, giveaways you you enter tonight, make sure you include that code word listening in each one of them. So for the first giveaway, I've got five Right Road wristband class packs. I wear these Right Road wristbands all the time. They say I'm on the right road. I give them to kids at every school I go to, and they're such a terrific way to really encourage and uplift Right Road kindness and committing to good choices in your class, your school, and in your students' lives. So there will be five teachers' recipients, and each one will receive a class set of up to 36 Right Road wristbands, depending on how many kids are in your class. And as a helpful reference, we have both youth, which are the smaller sizes, and the adult larger sizes. So you'll be able to choose the size that you want. And just as another helpful reference, I wear the youth size. So adult doesn't just mean for adult. You can also pick if you want to, a mix of both sizes. So to enter, just go to our Right Road Kids Facebook page right now. My husband, Mike, is here helping us tonight because Marcy's daughter, um, her one of her wonderful daughters, has been in the hospital. So if you could all lift up prayers for Natalie, we would just be so grateful for that. So my wonderful husband, Mike, is here helping with Facebook tonight. So he's going to post that up. Just go to our Right Road Kids page right now as you're listening. Follow the simple entry guidelines in the offer post. It'll be open until just after the end of the show, till 6.30. 
8.30 p.m. Pacific tonight, 9.30 Eastern. And we'll announce the five recipients on our Right Road Kids Facebook page tomorrow. Remember to mention that code word listening as part of your entry comment. And for this giveaway, you guys, include the number of students in your class and which size you would like, small, large, or mixed. And special thanks to our On the Right Road production company, Right Road Productions, for donating these awesome wristbands tonight. You can actually, if you want to purchase class packs, you can do so at rightroadproductions.com or you can just go to our Right Road Kids website and click the little shop button and it'll bring you right to the site. Um, For any class sets purchased tonight, I'm going to do something extra special. We'll individually package each wristband with an awesome You Are Special sticker so you can share them with your students for this kindness month in October or as a special Halloween gift later in the month. And of course, you guys, this is just the first of our special kindness giveaways for tonight that I'll have throughout the show. So keep that Right Road Kids Facebook page ready to go. Just a quick note that if you're not listening live tonight, we're live Sunday, October 2nd. The giveaways will, of course, be closed. But you know we've always got special and fun things happening every day for you guys on our website and Facebook page. So (laughs) as I mentioned a few moments ago, My first guest this evening truly understands how important it is to choose hope and kindness always, every day, in every way. And I am so honored and blessed to introduce you all to Caitlin Roick DeBellis. She's the founder of the nonprofit organization Classes for Classes. She's the author of a wonderful book called Choosing Hope, and she's an inspirational speaker for teachers, students, and organizations across the country. And here's why her name may ring a bell to you. Previously, Kate Caitlin was a first grade teacher, I'm getting choked up already, at Sandy Hook Elementary School in Newtown, Connecticut. And after saving her students from the inconceivable 2012 tragedy at the school, she dedicated her life to spreading the message of hope and kindness around the globe. Caitlin has received mountains of awards and accolades, including the Dedicated Teacher Award from the Chicago International Conference on Education, and she's been honored as a Glamour Magazine Woman of the Year and the L'Oreal Paris Woman of Worth. I'm so thankful and thrilled that Caitlin Roick DeBellis is here with us on the Right Road this evening. Welcome to On the Right Road, Caitlin. Thank you so much for having me, Paula. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you for being here. And you know, I've I've thought a lot about our time together tonight and honestly, especially because I of the experience that I had during the Los Angeles riots and I know what it's like to be asked the same questions over and over. I really don't want to ask you those same questions that you've probably been asked a thousand times about the whole Sandy Hook tragedy and your experience. I mean, you know, you and your students, you were in the middle of it, and I know you've probably relived it every time somebody asks you about it. So instead, I just, from the bottom of my heart, I really just want to start by asking, how are you personally doing? Are you okay? Well, first, um, I really appreciate um, that. Um, you know, for me, whether somebody asks me a question about that terrible, tragic day or not, it is a constant and isn't always. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm not sure how your healing journey is because everyone handles and copes with things very differently. But for myself, um, the experience of that day is every second of every minute of every single day. And so, um, you know, what I have come to find is how to persevere through that, right? Because that's going to be yes. there no matter what. It's a constant. 
Yes. And so how do I regain, a, you know, my sense of purpose and passion and moving forward in my life in the face of that? Because it's well, not going anywhere. Abs- and I feel the same way. It, it's really what it, it fuels the fire and pushes me forward, even on rough days, to, to do that much more, to make a difference in the world and to share kindness. And one of the things that really struck me in reading your book, Caitlin, and the book is called Choosing Hope, was that your school district at the time, right after the Sandy Hook tragedy, literally it seems like the week after, they just wanted you and your students to go back to normal right away, but nothing's normal. I mean, after that kind of a tragedy, it, it's, it's really like you have to find a new normal. Do you feel, Caitlin, like you, you've been able to kind of find that new normal for your life? Well, there's a lot of answers in that question. <laughs> yes, yes. That's a, that's a really heavy question. Um, you know, I think first off, um, you know, you're, you're exactly right. Um, our administration um, immediately following, you know, we had lost our principal. We lost our school psychologist who was also a school leader on that tragic day. And so, this, our superintendent at the time, um, you know, was at the reins, so to speak, of figuring out what to do. And I can only assume in looking back on that tragic day that because she was not there, she was right. not present in the right. school, that she had no idea the enormity of what our school went through, um, yes. and especially the classrooms that were in that front hall, um, most of, you know, two of which lost the majority of their lives. Um, you know, so three years and almost 11 months later, um, in looking back, you know, do I wish things had been done differently? Absolutely. Um, but we can't go back and, and wish away what we hope could have happened. So for myself, my journey of healing, um, that began back in, you know, late 2012 was very much focused on answering two questions. Um, at first, I was so desperately grappling with all of those whys. Why did this happen? Why our school? Why innocent, innocent lives? And really what I came to realize was I was never going to answer those whys. Uh, not then, not now, not ever. Those whys yeah. will never be answered. And I instead needed to shift my focus and my energy to questions that potentially could be answered. Um, I think for so many of us in our lives, something really bad, you know, I'm not alone in this. Uh, You know, as you and I are just talking the past 15 minutes, you know, you've had something really hard happen in your life. And most people have these terrible things happen. And we often spend so much time focusing intently on questions we are never going to answer. Yeah. And we forget that there are so many questions that we can and that if we shift our energy to focusing on those questions, then perhaps our healing can begin. And well, and that's, my, yeah, sorry. That's exactly what happened for me is that the second after, well, I guess I, I have to say it took a couple of days just to get my bearings back. But very quickly, I decided that I was going to choose kindness in my life. And I think it just goes to show that one act of unkindness can have a lifelong effect as you and I both experienced and so many are experiencing nowadays with you know you open the paper you turn on the news and things are happening all over the world an act of unkindness can have a lifelong effect a trickle down effect but at the same time 
a life, uh, an act of kindness can have that s- a, a different, wonderful, lifelong effect. In every moment of our lives, what I've realized, and I think you've realized this same thing, Kate, Caitlin, is that we can choose which we're going to live and share with the world, unkindness or kindness, don't you think? 100%. It's all about our perspective. Our lives yeah. are all about perspective. Good and bad both coexist on any one well, day, in any yes. one moment. Both are always present. It is a conscious choice which to focus on and which yes. we give our energy to, well... Absolutely. The rest so with, with everything going on in the country and the world, I mean, there really is sort of a new normal for all teachers in schools. I think after things like Sandy Hook happened, I think teachers went to school the next day. It was different. It was different for everybody. And with scary things like this happening so often nowadays, I really want to pick your brain, Caitlin, for what advice do you have for teachers, administrators, and school districts in terms of sort of like an emergency preparedness that empowers teachers and schools and kids without living in fear. Does that make sense? It absolutely does. I mean, I think, you know, I I am trained in education. I have my master's in education. I have two honorary doctorates in education. I know how to help kids. So it's, you know, it's sort of, you know, people say, oh, well, what should we do? But I do have, you know, a very important message um, on this point, Paula. Cool. Um, Sandy Hook Elementary was, while it was an old building, um, we were a state-of-the-art school. Um, we had double lock doors, we had voice recognition, video surveillance. We were, it was like Fort Knox. You were not getting through unless the three secretaries knew who you were, saw your ID, and decided to buzz you in. Right. Um, he got into our school because he shot his way through a window. There are still schools in our country that are not locked. That yeah. is a travesty in 2016. And, you know, I know there's the whole mentality of, well, you know, schools and, you know, this is Pleasantville and, well, Sandy Hook Elementary was Pleasantville and I would not be on the phone with you right now if our door had not been locked because that individual would have walked right through that door and would have been in my room within 15 seconds because we were the first classroom. And um, so you at I least am, had a little bit of time to, to you, a little bit of time, probably 30 seconds, at least you were able to get the kids in that bathroom. Yeah, that, that's what you're saying, minutes. right? Yeah, yeah, okay. You know, and there are still schools in our country that are not locked. That is a huge problem. Um, You know, the example I use all the time that I think truly illustrates it, when I first founded Classes for Classes and my career path, while still remaining very much the same in education, it it took a shift, right? And so I'm trying to start this organization and I'm trying to get support and funding and awareness. And I started traveling into New York City, which is very close to our home here in Connecticut, and going to, you know, meetings with executives and CEOs and whomever to try to get their interest and, and let them know what, what we were doing. And going into those office buildings in New York City, you better believe I had to go through the desk at the front, the metal detectors, being buzzed up in the elevator, going through another set of locked doors, going to another desk, being buzzed through another set of locked doors, all to get to one very important person. Now, why were all those checkpoints there? Why are all those doors locked? I, I'm assuming because it's associated with the money that's going with those companies. Um, you know, schools, children, teachers, we need to value their lives in the same regard that we do corporations and companies. Um, well, and I, you know, I really, I really grapple with this, Caitlin, because my son... of the schools that I work with through Right Road Kids are 
public schools. My son goes to a Christian school. It just was the right thing for him at the time when he started when he was in kindergarten. And I remember four years ago or so, uh, somebody ran onto the campus and just created this ruckus and everybody was, especially the secretary in the office, was afraid. There never were like gates or anything. And within a week, they put up these huge metal gates. It almost looks like a prison at some times when I go up there. And it's still, to this day, very upsetting to me. It's a Christian environment, a Christian school. And I and my heart just sinks. I'm like, I have to be able to have some trust in humanity. I know these terrible things happen. It happened to me. It happened to you. But it makes me sad. And I didn't want that at my son's school because I feel like I don't want... And I might be disagreeing with what you're saying, but I don't want my son to grow up in fear. I don't want myself. I don't want the kids that I work with to grow in fear. So is there is there a way to manage this? You know, do we talk to our kids about it? Do you know how do we do it besides just building a jail environment in every school in America? Is there another way to do this? Or maybe there's not. I don't know. And maybe I need to, you know come to terms with this but it just makes me so sad is is that the new normal now no i, I guess mean, i don't i i don't think I, I i definitely don't think we should make schools feel like prisons or build yeah. walls or build i do think the front door of a school and any entry point should be locked i absolutely okay. do and i will advocate for that until forever um well and it's really yeah. what saved your life and your students lives it sounds like so amen to that for heaven's sakes yeah, well, and I just don't know why we lock our doors in our homes. Right, right. Why, why would we not lock a school? You know, once the kids are in, no one else needs to be coming in unless they're approved to be there. Parents, guardians, grandparents. Um, I don't think we should have open doors in schools. I don't think there's any reason for it. Well, and I think there, I think everybody can find a happy medium between locking the door and creating the jail environment. I think that's the key, right? And so that kids still feel warm and loved and welcomed and not like stuck, you know, I think that, and I think that every school district has to come to terms with that and address it, not just push it under the rug like it's never going to happen to us, right? Because look at you, it happened to you. And when I say that our school is the last school it could have ever happened to, I mean that fully. Well, and, and you've, and I think that's how we all feel, you know, it's like it never can happen and then it keeps happening. So we need to, we need to be smart about it. Now, Caitlin, I know that you've written a, your wonderful book and I want to talk more about that in a few minutes and you're traveling around the country sharing your story and giving people hope. You've started your very special nonprofit classes for classes and you've really become a teacher of kindness in a classroom without walls. Do you miss teaching in the classroom? And I really want to give you a chance to share with everyone why you left the classroom because I don't think it's what people think it wasn't out of fear right (laughs) oh no no and actually again there's like seven answers to this question yeah (laughs) where to start (laughs) yeah no I mean first of all um you know initially back in early 2013 when I was back with my kids um, it was very very clear um that my kids were drastically changed by the event yes. of December 14th. How could they not have been? And so having known them on December 13th and then have known, having known them after, um, I, I knew there was this uh, huge shift in, in who they were and what they needed. And 
that was very evident to me. And so in returning, um, there were things that I really advocated for for my kids that I knew they really needed, um, all of them around safety. Um, And unfortunately, our administration at the time adamantly and vehemently denied all of them, um, which was truly heartbreaking. That's crazy. Okay. So, so, so you, you were asked to just take a break from the school, right? Because you were advocate, advocating for your kids and what they needed in terms of safety, correct? Yeah, I was brought in. So we returned to our new school in January and I was brought into a meeting um, in March, early March. And it was probably the sixth or seventh time that I had, you know, asked to meet about these concerns that I had, these things that my students needed. And I was told once and for all, um, basically, you either need to shut up or you need to leave. Um, wow. We're not doing these things for you. And I, you know, I really, I mustered everything that I had in myself, and I said, I completely disagree, um, but I refuse to remain silent about the things that matter. Um, well, good for you. You know, silent. I just, I can't even imagine, you know, uh, it, it, was it awful. just, it, it breaks my heart, but good for you for standing up. And that's why I want to talk about this tonight. And, you know, I, we're talking about kindness, but um, also taking care of our kids, you know. And I, so after going through that, I can't even imagine. Was, is that why you wrote your book? I mean, is that why you started Classes for Classes? Because you just were like, I need to do something to share the kindness and to get the goodness out. I mean, is that how your book came about, about specifically? No, no, not at all. I mean, gratefully, I had already started Classes for Classes before that. Okay. I started Classes okay. for Classes um, at the end of January 2013. Okay. And um, so I think when that shift happened that I was forced to be out of the classroom, and by the way, I never thought I was going to be out of the classroom the rest of the year. I thought, you know, leave for a couple of weeks. The parents are going to keep advocating for these things. The, you know, the administration will finally have them done, and then I'll be back in the classroom. Well, that, if you read Choosing Hope, um, did not sadly happen because the only people who lost were my kids. You know, right. I'm an adult. Um, the only ones who lost were my kids, which was truly heartbreaking. I'm at a place now where I'm, I'm okay because luckily I have such an amazing relationship with my kids and with their parents. And so that's all I could ever ask for. Um, and thankfully that, you know, no matter what, could never have been taken. Um, but, well, you know, and, I think, and, oh, sorry. oh, go ahead, go ahead. I, I think, you know, classes for classes, I think just being forced to be out of the classroom just lit this fire under me to, I threw all of my energy into classes for classes, you know, because I, what else was I going to do? And, right. Um, well, sometimes things happen for a reason, you know, and I, 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 I you know, and not that. A bad thing like a shooting is happens for a reason. I, I, I'm kind of spinning in what I'm saying here. Again, it's all in what you do with it. It's in how you, what you take from that and how you use your life. And I know that having that time to do classes for classes is building something wonderful that maybe you wouldn't have had the time to do that had you been in the classroom. I guess I always try to look at it that way. You know, what's the silver lining in a difficult situation and I know that also from that came your amazing book and I have a surprise so stay with me Caitlin okay I've got my second really special on the right road giveaway for tonight it's open to all teachers in the U.S. listening to on the right road right now of course I have five copies of Caitlin's beautiful book choosing hope and 
it's one of those books that is, it's just, it, I felt in one way it was like a love story for teachers. So it's such a beautiful read and so, I think, helpful for teachers. So there will be five teacher recipients and each one will receive one of the very special books um, to enter. Just go to our Right Road Kids Facebook page right now as you're listening. Follow those simple entry guidelines in the offer post. My husband, Mike, is going to pop that up on the face on our Right Road Kids Facebook page right now. Include that code word listening as part of your entry comment okay even if you did it in the first giveaway and this one will be open until just after the end of the show till 7 p.m pacific 10 eastern tonight and we'll announce the five recipients on our right road kids facebook page tomorrow so caitlin i feel you're welcome i would love for whoever wins um if they will mail it to me i would love to personalize it for them however they would like Oh, that's so sweet. That is so awesome. I'll make sure, maybe um, you can follow by uh, emailing me your contact information or somehow so I know how to let them know they can get in touch with you. That's so wonderful. Thank you. Now, I, I want to really dive into the whole kindness issue. I, After what happened in my life and starting Right Road Kids and, and everything I've been called to do over the last 25 years, I just feel so strongly that social curriculum, that character and kindness education needs to be a part of our children's everyday lives and their education. I mean, it's a huge part of, of Right Road Kids and our work with and for children every day. What is your perspective on this, Caitlin, in terms of it being included in kids' daily educational lives? I couldn't agree more. Um, It has always been the focal point of my classroom uh, when I was in one physically, and now that I have thousands uh, with my nonprofit, social-emotional learning is crucial, and it is key to a children's success. Um, We talk about, as educators, active engagement, right? Uh, Any subject, math, science, social studies, reading, writing, you have to be actively engaged Yes, And yet when we think about social-emotional learning and a social curriculum and we think about the themes of kindness and compassion and empathy and uh, citizenship and everything that falls under that umbrella, very rarely are we giving kids tangible experience with being actively engaged. We talk about it. We read a book. We say, you know, this is how I'm a good friend. How are you a good friend? But we don't actually give them any ownership over being kind being empathetic. What does that look like? How do you demonstrate that? Um, And I think we're doing ourselves a huge disservice. Kids need that active engagement with being kind and being compassionate and being empathetic. It's just as important as all of the other subject areas, the academic it really is. It's what it's what builds a whole child. And I think as a country, we've got to we've got to figure this out. And that's one of the things that I mentioned earlier in the program. We just launched our Right Road Take Five series. And that's exactly what that's about. It's about showing teachers simple ways that using educational tools, they can build it into their day. Kindness lessons, character lessons, self-esteem lessons, so that you're not, you know, a lot of times I think um, administrators, especially are so worried about learning, losing learning minutes, but you're not. You're gaining a whole other aspect to it, and when they're engaged in learning, it's like it multiplies exponentially the effectiveness of that learning. So, Caitlin, from your perspective, I, again, I really want to pick your brain. From your perspective and all you've gone through, how do you feel? What are a couple pieces of advice that you can give to teachers and parents? To How can they best teach hope and kindness to kids? Make the time. Make the time. I mean, gosh, I mean, being in a classroom 
community and seeing the impact that it had on children, focusing that time of the day every day to social-emotional learning, huge. So impactful that it's difficult to put it into words. Um, Now being out of a physical, well, I am teaching college courses, but being out of a physical elementary classroom and having, you know, again, thousands of them with classes for classes, um, it is crucially important that we give kids the experience with learning that we're all connected, with understanding that even at a young age they can impact someone else's life in a positive way, um, that their words and their actions matter, and that they yes. need to choose them wisely, that someone's paying attention, right? That right, their teachers right. are paying attention to what they're saying and what they're doing and how they're treating others um, and making those teachable moments that if someone isn't doing the quote-unquote right thing, well, let's have a conversation about that. Let's redirect that behavior. Let's talk about what we should be doing in place of the negative. Um, it's huge. Well, and you can... Need- and you can inc- care about one another. They do, and you can incorporate. I mean, even as you were talking, what popped into my mind was math. You can do this in a math lesson. You can say, okay, if Johnny's on the playground and he's mean to 30 other kids, okay? <laughs> oh, you know what I'm saying? Okay, now what if those 30 kids feel so sad inside because Johnny was mean to them that they go out and are mean to somebody because they don't know what to do with their anger. Then that multiplies. Okay, how many kids is that? Do you know what I'm saying? So you can incorporate, this is how I think, you can incorporate education and social education as one, academic education and social learning into one big package and it it engages the whole thing. So, uh, Caitlin, I know that teaching kindness has become your life's mission and as part of that, you founded the wonderful nonprofit classes for classes I really 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 want teachers around the country and parents to to know what classes for classes is and how they and their students can participate and share kindness in incredible ways through it and teachers as a just as a helpful reference from what I'm understanding it seems to me that it's almost like a donors choose for kids so first yes. Caitlin just as a helpful reference Caitlin tell us tell us what is how would you very quickly define classes for classes oh gosh I I had a comment piggybacking on your last comment can I make it or no yes please do oh well no your example is spot on last week I was leading a C4C we call them kindness initiatives in a school and this little boy was drawing his picture after he wrote all about why he was choosing kindness because that's our prompt I choose kindness and he was drawing his illustration I walked over and I said what are you drawing because he had all these little stick figures, and it was one, and then it was two, and then it was four, and then it was eight. And he said, well, Mrs. DeBellis, when you spread kindness, kindness excuse me, from one to the other, it multiplies. And oh. he went through it until it was the entire school. And I'm sure he didn't count out the entire school, but he did the one to the two to the four to the eight to the 16 to the 32, and on and on. And it was amazing. Second grader. Um, incredible to see. So you're absolutely right. Um, classes for classes... Oh my gosh, where do I start in a, in a quick, succinct way? We are a, we consider ourselves to be a social network for classrooms. So you're exactly right that we are like donors choose for students, meaning that we give the kids the ownership over the quote unquote giving. Um, they're very much involved. Uh, but we're also like Facebook. 
Um, okay. So every single teacher in the United States can come on, create a profile, 100% free. Uh, once they have a profile, they can interact with all of the other teacher profiles, and they can decide who they want to pair with. Once they're paired, they then have a C4C project page where their project lives. Um, there's a kindness corner, a book nook, a pay it forward section, a student work section that looks like a bulletin board where all the student work can be pinned, all of the amazing things that they're doing within their classroom community connected to social emotional learning. Um, and then, of course, there's a gift. And the caveat that's really amazing is that even though the kids, quote unquote, are in charge um, because they're overseeing it and it lives on their project page, it's like a Kickstarter campaign. So it's outside donors who come on and say, I'm going to give a dollar, I'm going to give five dollars, I'm going to give ten dollars um, to support what these kids, the amazing work that these kids are doing for someone else. And that's where nice. that real authentic piece comes in that I was touching on earlier, that authentic piece of giving the kids ownership of being actively engaged. So they're learning firsthand to be kind. They're learning firsthand that not everyone has iPads and that they can be the one to help give that gift to someone. Um, You know, we believe at the end of the day that when we actively engage students in learning to be kind, compassionate, and empathetic, there isn't room for hate. We're working to eradicate hate, and I won't stop until we have. I love it. Well, and how can teachers connect directly with Classes for Classes via your website? Is that And, yeah. and also, I guess I should ask for speaking engagements for you to, to find out more about your book. What's the best way to teach for teachers and parents and anybody to connect with you directly? Yeah, I mean, anyone can go on to www.classes4classes.org. Um, you can message me through there. There's a message portal. Um, teachers, please sign up, create your profile. It really is completely free. This is not, (laughs) people are very skeptical. Well, what do I have to do? Nothing. Just sign up and get connecting. We would love, love to have you. Awesome. And they can also connect with you, contact you. I know that's how we yeah. reached out to you through the sh- for the show here. They can contact you with questions about, you know, how to get your book, how to uh, get in. Okay, perfect. You I want to make sure they... The, yeah, the paperback of Choosing Hope is on shelves everywhere this Tuesday. Uh, Sweet. Amazon, anywhere you can order books. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah I'm so excited. Brand perfect timing, right? <laughs> Well, and I have to tell everybody, Caitlin did not ask us to be on the show. We reached out to her. So, you know, and I want to, this is kind of um, a personal question, but I think it's really important for people to know, you know, they might see you on the outside as a beautiful woman, which you are. I mean, you're a glamour and L'Oreal Award recipient, you're traveling around the country, you're walking red carpets, you're now living what probably seems to many to be a completely blessed life, but what they don't see are the hardships, the challenging negative things that people can say and do. Like I, I remember reading in your book that you had a friend who unfriended you because she saw you on a red carpet and she's like, we're still here at school and you're on the red carpet. And it just, it broke my heart. It's like salt in the wound because you were trying to be there for your kids yeah. and the district was pushing you out, you know, and yet you have persevered through all of this challenge, things that people don't see underneath, all the challenges. How do you stay kind and not let the negative get to you? Well, I think a couple of things. Um, I think that my upbringing and what I've lived through in my life, you know, um, I was the ugly duckling in sixth grade. I was bullied so much that I barely could get to school in the morning. Um, You know, I I remember praying every night for two years straight, please just let them stop bullying me. 
Um, you know, I, I understand completely how it feels to be on the other side of someone being unkind. And I think two of the most important things that I have learned, but I've also known, I think, in my life, and that I share especially with the students who I work with and the schools that I visit, the first is what other people say about you has nothing to do with you and everything to do with them. Um, And I think that is so important for young kids to come to understand that when someone's mean to you and says really unkind things, that's about how they're feeling. Right. And not about your character. Right. Um, you know, and the other is, and I call on it all the time, and I once thought it was attributed to Mother Teresa, and I've since learned that it's this professor, a very incredible man named Kent Keith, um, the Do It Anyway poem. Yes. Which is very long, but if you Google it right now, you'll know exactly how powerful it is. And the gist of it at the end is, you know, give the world the best you have, and it may never be enough. Um, you know, but it was never between you and them anyway. It was between you and God. And I've always had an extremely strong faith, and I still do. And so the only person that I'm worried about what they think about how I'm living my life and, and what I'm contributing to society is above me, meaning the Lord. And so um, I just rely on that very strongly, my faith and knowing that as long as I'm putting my best foot forward every day and giving back as much as I can, that's what's most important. Well, and I think that speaks to all of our hearts. I know that I ran into a teacher friend um, this past week, and I didn't know this had happened to her, but last last year she almost got fired from her job. Now, this teacher is also a first-grade teacher, an amazing teacher. I've been to visit her classes many times, brought Right Road gifts, shared the Right Road program, and she just, I went to drop off some, you know, goodies, some Right Road school supplies to her, and she just opened up for 15 minutes and just was like, this is what happened to me, and yet I persevered. I think this message of hope and kindness is so important for all of us, because I think, I know that teachers around the country right now are, for whatever reason, things are off kilter, and a lot of pressure is being put on teachers. And I think just hearing that message of faith and do it anyway, do the, even if you're being pummeled and you do it, do the right thing anyway, do what is in your, in your heart anyway, because I believe that the goodness and the light will shine through in your life. Um, so thank you for sharing your testimony, Caitlin. I just, it's so imp- important for all of us. And, and you know what? Stay with me, okay? I have one more surprise for you because teaching kids and kindness is such an important thing to really both of our hearts. I invited a very special youth guest to be on the program tonight, too. She's such an amazing example of kids doing wonderful things to share kindness and make the world a better place. And I thought this amazing young lady would be such a special kind of cherry on the top to our Kindness Sunday tonight. So (laughs) to join in our conversation about hope and kindness, I am so excited to introduce you all to my second guest this evening, Megan Warren. Warren. Megan is a remarkable 13-year-old middle school student who founded a very special nonprofit called Books for Bedtime, and she founded it when she was only 11. And through Books for Bedtime, she has given away over 19,000 books to kids in need. She's also a motivational speaker and has already received several awards as a result of her extraordinary work and heart. I'm honored to introduce you all to Megan Warren. Welcome to On the Right Road, Megan. 
Thank you so much. You're welcome, honey. Now, I heard about you and your wonderful nonprofit books for bedtime from your mom. She reached out to me after a previous On the Right Road show to let me know about what you were doing and, and everything. And I'm just wondering, what? why did you start Books for Bedtime? Why was that so important to you? Well, I think that it was a, it was a lot of things about coming together. I've always loved books. I started reading when I was two because my mom is a teacher and so she wanted to make sure that I always had books in my life. And so that was the book aspect of Books for Bedtime. And then the other side, my mom was always taught in urban environments. And so I think kids who don't have the books that they need to truly succeed in life. And I wanted to change that. That is so amazing that at 11 years old, you just took this upon yourself to start this. I mean, did you do it all by yourself? Well, like, the idea and everything was all me. Although, wow. of course, like, the legal aspect of things, I've had my grandpa's help. Because he's our attorney. And so he did all the 501c3 paperwork and all that stuff. Oh, I'm so proud of you. Can, can you, I mean, I know you've done so much in the last couple of years with your nonprofit. Can you share just one story that really stands out in your mind of how Books for Bedtime has shared kindness with kids in need? Um, Sure. So, when I do books for my time, every once, well, every once in a while, I get a school that is super, like, they're all really excited. But that's like, for the kids are just all, they talked about it, and everyone's, like, so excited to have me. And, and it's at, at those schools, some of the kids, like, write thank you notes and things like that. And so, I read all the thank you notes, because they're just so, just so sweet, and they mean so much to me. And so, I was reading one of the thank you notes from my school, I don't know, about a year ago. And in it, it said, thank you so much, dear Megan, thank you so much for the books you gave us. My, me and my brother don't have any books at home, and so thank you. Now we have a book to read at, at bedtime. We can do our reading log for school. And that letter just showed me just how much of an impact it's having because I've never had that problem of having to try to find books to read for my reading log or independent reading book, or any of those things for school, and not having books to just be, I don't know what it'd be like at all. Well, the fact that you just didn't just sit there and realize there was a problem, but you actually went out and did it is just so powerful. And I think that's so important for all of us to realize, all of us as adults, to realize that kids have amazing talents inside and amazing hearts to do things to help the world. And I think one of the most special gifts that we can give our children, whether it's in school, whether it's at home, whether it's in our neighborhoods and communities, is to empower them to do what's on their heart and not say, oh, you're just a kid. You're just, you know, you don't know what you're talking about. Just wait a while. I think it's so cool, Megan, that you actually did this. So here's what I want to ask you, Megan, because as a 13-year-old girl, you're a kid, right? How do you think parents and teachers should teach kids to spread kindness? What advice do you have for parents and teachers? Well, I think a lot of it depends on the kid, obviously. I think in general, they just need to encourage like the kids to, to make a difference. Because when I was little, my mom was always having me like go out and donate my toys and things like that, like toys for tots and just those kinds of things. And so it showed me that as a kid, I can help other kids, and that just made me want to help more. And I so, think oh, go ahead, honey. 
What? Sorry. Go ahead, honey. Okay, thank you. I think that the parents and teachers definitely don't need to pressure the kids, though. Because, like, I've seen so a lot of my friends, their parents try to pressure them into something, and it doesn't make them want to pursue it more. It makes them kind of want to back away. So it's finding that balance between... Really not. Yes, that, I'm so glad you said that. It's like finding the balance between what our kids want to do, what's on their hearts. But not. I remember my dad always used to push me to play the piano in front of people when at the time I didn't want to, and it made me uncomfortable. I, what, what a good point. Thank you for sharing that. Is there anything, Megan, that you'd like to say to any kids who are listening? Just any message, any encouragement that you would like to give them to follow their dreams? Um, sure. So I want to say that you can totally do it. I mean, I'm no one special. I just I go to school everything and everything just like you do. And it's, it's, even if people think that you can't do something, you totally can. And yeah. Just go for it, right? Totally. I love it. I love it. Even, even like what Caitlin was saying, even if it's hard, even if you run into some stumbling blocks and challenges, do it anyway. So I want to make sure, Megan, that everybody knows if they want to support you and Books for Bedtime, how can they do that? Do you have a website? What's the best way where they can get in touch with you? So we do have a website, and that is www.books, the word for, bedtime at Sorry, nonprofit.org. Okay, so booksforbedtime.org. Okay. Um, yeah, booksforbedtime.nonprofit.org. And then we have our email, and that's books, the number four, bedtime at yahoo.com. And if you get in contact with us from either one of those places, we can totally like set something up. Cool. Well, and so I'm sorry, I think I said this wrong. It's booksforbedtimenonprofit.org. Is that correct? Yes. Okay, I just wanted to make sure. So thank you so much just for sharing your heart, Megan, and your project. This is what it's all about. What Megan is doing, this is the kind of thing that that Classes for Classes is all about, that Right Road Kids is all about. Megan, you are rocking it. You are changing the world. We're so proud of you. Thank you so much, honey. Thank you. And Caitlin, I really want to give you a chance just in about 30 seconds just to share. Is there any final message on your heart that you want to share with all of our wonderful On the Right Road listeners about just kindness, anything that's on your heart? Oh, my goodness. Just one. Oh. I know. No I know. <laughs> no, we but, well, talk first, for hours. I, I want to commend you, Megan, um, for all the amazing things that you have done so far in your very young life. It's really, really inspiring. Thank you. Um, you are so welcome. Um, you know, I think, you know, just with Choosing Hope coming out on Tuesday, the paperback, the, the hardcover's been out for a year. You know, I think what's, what's really on my mind right now, because it's just been very um, at my forefront for especially the past week in preparing for that and, and the talks that are coming up, you know, I, I wrote Choosing Hope because when I first started out speaking um, over three years ago, people came up to me and they shared their own hard stuff. You know, they shared their terminal cancer diagnosis and they shared um, their son's suicide and they shared the death of their spouse. And they told me that in me reminding them with my personal story, my own personal hardship, that it's a choice how we approach our hard times and that that had helped them. 
Um, and that's why I wrote Choosing Hope. And so I just think reminding all of your listeners tonight that the things that happen to us do not have to define us. Yes. There's a lot of power in that. Well, and then we can use difficult things that happen to us as points of understanding and empathy to bring out the kindness that's in our hearts even more because it helps us understand things in ways that we may have not if we hadn't gone through that, as hard as that is to understand at the time when we're going through it. So thank you so much, Caitlin, too, for being on the air here with us on The Right Road. I just, what a blessing you are. And I just wish you mountains and mountains of love and blessings as you go forward sharing your message of kindness with the world. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. And, of course, I want to thank our wonderful On the Right Road sponsors, Right Road Kids, Right Road Productions, Lori Steenis and her Keller Williams real estate team, Nair and Seedsack. A quick reminder to mark your calendars. The next Live on the Right Road show will be Sunday, October 16th. And on that show and the following one, I'm going to have two of the most popular children's authors of all time. They're going to be my guests. So how awesome is that? You can imagine the book extravaganza giveaways we're going to have as part of that. So exciting. And very quickly, I want to share the three Right Road Teacher Survival Box recipients from the uh, the pre-show Facebook post fun for tonight. We've got Heather Schlomer from Madison Elementary in Davenport, Iowa, Jessica Keenan from Upper Township Primary School in Marmora, New Jersey, and Colleen Sadot from Evangel Christen- Christian Academy in Montgomery, Alabama. Each one of you guys are going to receive a wonderful Right Road Teacher Survival Box filled with over $100 worth of new school supplies. And as I always like to do, I've just got a couple nuggets from my heart. I think I'll only have time for one or two tonight. Number one. It's just so important that we never judge anyone else's situation, like Caitlin's, like her leaving the classroom. You know, we don't always know the whole backstory on someone and what they've gone through and and what they're dealing with. I remember that my mom, when I was growing up, had this little plaque on the wall that said, it was a Native American proverb that said, never criticize someone until you've walked a mile in their moccasins. And for some reason, that has stuck with me all these years. And I think that mindset is a key to kindness. There's something in that message that I think, you know, we need to teach our kids, never criticize someone else until you've walked a mile in their moccasins or a mile in their shoes. Number two, go with your heart and with your gut in terms of traveling your right road. No one else can choose it for you, your right road. If you have to make a difficult life decision and not everybody understands it right right away like Caitlin did and like I did in quitting our jobs and starting something totally new to make a difference in the world, you know, it's okay. When you're on the right road, people will see and understand it someday because the light and life of your calling, it's going to come shining through as will the kindness. So don't ever be afraid to take the road less traveled by as Robert Frost said. And number three, it's of total importance that we nurture and uplift kids to share kindness and help them find their kindness paths in the world. Yes, as Caitlin and I talked about, academics are so important, but kindness must be added into the home and education mix for life to be fulfilling and fulfilled and to help put a stop to all the tragedies that are happening like the LA riots and the Sandy Hook school tragedy. We just, kindness, 
to ourselves. We've got to learn to be kind to ourselves. And we've got to learn to be kind to others in huge ways and teach our kids that as well. So to wrap things up in a very special way, I've got one more wonderful giveaway this evening. Remember, we'll announce all the recipients from all of tonight's On the Right Road giveaways on our Right Road Kids Facebook page tomorrow and this coming Tuesday. And so here's the third kindness giveaway for this evening. I'm so excited. It's open to all teachers in the U.S. listening to On the Right Road right now. We just got our new Right Road Kindness cards in. They're bright, colorful, happy, business-sized cards that are a wonderful, fun, and meaningful way to encourage kids and everyone to share kindness and be a part of spreading it around the world. And we're going to give away 55 10-count gift packs of them tonight. So there will be 55 teacher recipients for this giveaway. The first 25 to enter with all the complete entry details and 30 more that will draw at random from all who entered. And each of the 55 will receive one of the packs. So to enter, you can go to our Right Road Kids Facebook page right now as you're listening. The offer will be posted in just a minute. It'll just follow those simple entry guidelines in the post. It'll be open until just after the end of the show, till 7 p.m. Pacific, 10 Eastern tonight. And we'll announce the 55 recipients in a fun way on our Right Road Kids Facebook page this coming Tuesday. Go ahead, Mike. You can post that up right now. And make sure to include that code word listening as part of your comment. And, oh my gosh, I just pray that tonight's show has been a huge blessing for you and that it's just filled your heart and soul to overflowing with hope and kindness and goodness. Thank you so much to Caitlin Roick, to Bellis, and Megan Warren, my wonderful, incredible guests this evening on The Right Road. Thanks to my husband, Mike, for doing the wonderful behind-the-scenes support. Of course, thank you to Justin, my engineer, and the whole Voice America crew. If you've missed any part of tonight's show or would like to share it with friends this episode will of course you know it'll be available in just a couple of days on our Right Road Kids Facebook page and website. Also watch for the click and listen giveaway on our Right Road Kids Facebook page next weekend. Remember that our next On the Right Road show will be here live on Voice America Empowerment on Sunday, October 16th. And in between our live On the Right Road broadcast, you can always connect with us on our Right Road Kids Facebook page and on our website, rightroadkids.org. Always remember that you are special appreciated and loved. Until next time, Sunday, October 16th at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 Eastern, here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Be that daily, positive, bold, empowered inspiration for the kids in your life and live your best, most amazing life on the right road. Choose kindness and be kind every day on the right road, everyone. Love you all. Thank you for listening to On the Right Road with your host, Paula Phillips. Connect with us anytime at www.rightroadkids.org or at Right Road Kids on Facebook. And we'll catch you again here every first and third Sunday of the month at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern on the Right Road. Right road.